I was just saying. I don't care about your opinion. I just well, I'll tell you what I think. What's that you're saying? Would you just listen? I don't think so. Remember, ladies, one must not get one's knickers in a twist. I just... Please listen. I'm trying to help you. Listen. I don't think so. Excuse me. I don't care. I don't care. Listen. Shut up and listen. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen, Season 2. I hope everybody has been having um, a really beautiful week besides the dumpster fire that is the GOP and Trump um, that deranged fuckhead. (laughs) Yeah, it's been been quite a week. And um, I mean, I, I don't know what to say other than things will change. Um, And speaking of change, (laughs) speaking of change, you know, the the person that I'm about to introduce, we have never met. And um, I've been like a fan of your work for quite some time. Back at you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm like, we need to now work together at some point. Um, And... uh, I'm very, very excited for him. So fucking incredibly excited because he's going to be going to Sundance with his new film, which is A Kid Like Jake, which is starring Claire Danes and... uh, Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer, who I fucking love. And Jim Parsons, who also produced it. Yeah. um, And he directed it. Everybody, Silas Howard, like... An incredible filmmaker, incredible director, just all around awesome human being. That um, also, you have that new show with Ryan Murphy. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm one of the co-executive executive producers, producers, whatever that means, and I get to direct. And it's um, yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's it's gonna be it. It's just such an incredible cast, and to have. Five women of color, trans women of color, centered. Um, you know, I'd be watching scenes and realize, oh, this character is not going to get killed in the next episode or be forgotten or, you know. And certainly shows like Orange is the New Black and Transparent have been building us into this moment. Like, I feel so fortunate to have been involved, but it, it seems like now it is moving. They've started something and it's just continuing where, you know, yeah, because the center lives is like actually the only chance for people to see each other as human. Yes, and we need more human uh, connection these days. I would say absolutely, and also just you know, visual the, the visual medium like film, television. There, <clears throat> I mean, I I don't. I don't know if we're like kind of about the same age, like within like ten years, you know. But the 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 lack of queer women that I saw mm. when I was growing up, um, as a 
queer girl mm-hmm. on Long Island in the early to mid 90s. Yeah. You know, and there was sprinklings like, but I'm a cheerleader mm-hmm. and Gia. Gia, uh, yeah. Gia, which I just I also was just talking about Gia just came up out of nowhere. Really? Well, someone had mispronounced, had thought someone's name was Gia, and I was like, Gia, remember Gia? And I was thinking, because she was out, she she died of AIDS, right? Yeah, she died of AIDS. She yeah. was the first female uh, to die of AIDS. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Actually, I said yes, but I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, she was the first female, um, at least on public record, right. to die of AIDS. Yeah. Because I am sure that there are thousands more that those deaths were yeah. never recorded. Yeah. Yeah, especially with women. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, the rabbit holes we can go down. <laughs> all, the, all the many... The many, many rabbit holes. Um, but it, it it makes me... Something that you said that was so interesting, and I, I love that you brought up women of color, especially, mm-hmm. um, with your new show. And then you had mentioned Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. And what it made me think of is, you know, yes, Orange is the New Black had done some really incredible stuff. And at the same time, I find it very hard to work around the fact that there were no women of color in the writer's room. Right. Right. And, and, and so it's, yeah, that I I think about like how each thing leads to the next, right. I'm sort of obsessed with this idea of indebted critique, which is like, looking at something and building off of it without yes. tearing it down. Yes. Um, yes. Because yes. I'm old, <laughs> so I have to do that more yeah. and more to make sense and to grow. And um, so when I think about, you know, what this show is doing, I, th- you know, I think about Laverne on Orange is the New Black, and then I think Genji being very open about, like, yes. hey, you don't need in the writer's room, and Jill saying, actually, no, you do yeah. need. And, yes. and that gave me an opportunity, yeah. you know, and I saw queerness on Transparent that I was like, are they really going to let this happen on on uh, TV or whatever this is on yeah. Amazon? And um, which also bumped up, you know, to an HBO level kind of show on streaming. And then seeing Ryan Murphy where, you know, he is is also where everybody's in conversation with each other. Yes. He has all of this power. Yes. And so he reached out to a competing project, Stephen Canals. Yeah. And instead of killing that project, because Stephen had gone to see to all these studios, and it's his his and Ryan's like co-creators of the show. Yeah. With people like Janet Mock in the writers' room and Lady J. Um, but but Stephen was told everywhere he went, "You'll never get this show made," with it being set in the eighties, centered on these trans women of color and this queer world. And so it took that. So, yeah, it's that evolution of, like, here's representation in one way, Mm -hmm. and it's important. It gave a platform to someone like Laverne, who's such an activist and Mm -hmm. such a just an amazing human. Yeah. And then Jill pushing that further to me, you know. And so, yeah, I'm just so aware of all of those happening because I grew up where I was like, we made everything ourselves because nobody was there was no way they yeah. were going to put because we weren't even the proper gay and lesbian people we were like very queer very you know 
we were just in betweeners or we were butch and femme and you know we we, we just didn't really fit in yeah. that well yeah, that, yeah 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 in a in a very presentable way yeah for mainstream no i i i, I get that i get that completely where you didn't fit that the branding <laughs> you know um and it, it made me think of i've been watching madonna's woman of the year award acceptance speech mm. that she gave in 2016 right after trump got elected oh wow i don't, I don't think i heard that Oh, it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And it, she talks about being a woman in the music industry. And she talks about how after she was so vilified in the 90s after Erotica, the Erotica album came out and her sex book came out. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that, like Camille Paglia said, that she had, that Madonna had put um, women back for generations, you know, and Madonna said that, yeah, and Madonna just being like, "Why? Because I'm a sexual being, right. you know. So if you're a feminist, you can't be sexual, right? right. You can't be a sexual, sensual being, right?" And she talked about how there's this idea still, even now, regarding. I, I want to get the quote exactly right. That women have been so conditioned to believe um, who they are as women by men. Mm-hmm. Like men have set the narrative right. for what it is to be a woman. Right. And um, that we're so conditioned to not even question that narrative. Right. Because if we dare question it, that means we're not in assimilation, which means that we could potentially wreak havoc and we can't have that yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know, and and getting to see now, you know, um, <clears throat> like you mentioned Jill Soloway, who I fucking love so much, who I've actually never met. Oh, you've never met her. I've never met her, and we've never worked together, which oh. boggles my mind. Yeah. Um, but then again, I also do believe that like everything happens exactly the, like exactly when it's meant to happen. Sure, you know, yeah. um, and I mean, literally, the fact that like talking about Gia, yeah, I know. There's <laughs> it's it's random. It is random. Like it, it's chaos. <laughs> <laughs> chaos. Chaos also just came up. I was just writing an answer to chaos as a for going to Sundance filmmaker <gasps> thing they have a, every year they have a different question and yeah. this was how did chaos influence and either the chaos of this administration so yeah the sort of chaos and yeah, there's a lot well what, what was your answer well I'm still writing it okay <laughs> okay I mean I have two levels of it which is one is that um the chaos of the world was certainly hitting story points of ours even though this I don't see this film that's coming to Sundance is a, a, it's not really a, a queer story or a trans story, although it's written and directed through a queer lens, myself and the writer, yeah. and Jim is a producer. Um, it's really sort of looking at the world around in this relationship and sort of, you know, this paradoxical thing of like, be unique, be unique, but paradoxically punishing difference, which is a theme that I've sort of circled around. Um, so there's the chaos of like, even though it's not per se, it's about someone not fitting in a box, it's about 
gender expansive and no. n- you know just not fitting into a you know a, a, an easily checked box. So while we're doing this, there's all this you know administration just grabbing. You know he's clearly just it's just throwing things out there to for distraction. But yeah. bathroom bills and the this and that and even our our um, young actor is is a little princess boy who's been that way forever and is in Brooklyn where you think everything's cool but actually got pushed back from his school because they were like, if he's going to present she, he has to go by she. And they're like, well, he's four. Right now he's okay being a boy who loves dresses and wants to wear dress. You know, anyway. Again, this sort of pushback to conform one way or another. Um, so that was one level of feeling the chaos of the world, sort of fueling and touching points of the story. And then just the chaos of what the couple goes through, and kind yeah. of that you that at some time you know you can kind of you could find potentially some serenity by going through the chaos, yes. going into the chaos, yes. as opposed to always avoiding the chaos. And so they have to go through that yeah. um, in their in their sort of uh, way they're trying to parent and be in relationship to each other um, through you know supporting their kid or you know, what, whatever they're going through. So anyway, that's that's where I'm at. With, I haven't finished writing it. but I mean, that, that that just makes me think of, I mean, chaos is really just a, a, another word for fear, you know, and not right. the, the only way, the only way out is through, you know, and they, at least for me in, in, in my experience where either making a decision based off fear or making a decision based off love. And then also within within that, there's um, this documentary that I had seen pretty recently on HBO. I can't forget the guys. I, I can't remember. I can't forget. <laughs> I, can't forget um, <laughs> I, I can't remember the, the, the name of the gentleman who said it, but he talked about the difference between fe- fear acting as a tailwind or a headwind. And when fear gets to push you forward, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, you know. But that also makes me think that the physiologically excitement, yeah, yeah, excitement and and fear are very, very, very similar. Yeah, yeah, you know. And and one leads you to being paralyzed, and the other leads you to. Right, because sometimes it's just um, nerves, which is about being invested. And um, there's a a mentor that Zachary Drucker and a bunch of us um, uh, know called Flawless Mother Sabrina. And she was in this documentary from the 60s called The Queen, and it's an early pageant ball. And and, um, and she's just this amazing person who passed away just like a few months ago. But always had these amazing, you know, little quips, you know, and words of inspiration, like to Justin Vivian Bond, you know, about trying to grow outside of a smaller world, you know, mm-hmm. and like, is it okay? Like, I think for a lot of us in the DIY culture, I'm like, it's not safe out there to go into mainstream, you know, and a lot of times it isn't. But, but uh, she was like, it's your job to go and just find the, the biggest audience that you that you can. That's that's yes. okay. That's not being showy. And her other thing was like. If you're not nervous, you're not invested, and it was kind of like, oh, I could, I could make friends with with being nerved, C- yes. nervous because it means I give a shit. It means I care. Yes. Um, when I'm not nervous, I'm usually more in trouble. <laughs> yes. Um, fear is different, but I think that they're kind of kind of kindred spirits. And I, 
Like I, this is like part of the reason that I love getting to do this podcast is is that I I get to meet individuals that are on a very similar path as me in in many ways, um, <clears throat> and a big thing at, at, for really most of 2017 into 2018 has been about me getting to um, embrace the power of my pleasure and the pleasure of my power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hearing about the expansiveness and and the the job that you have and you know the fear of the mainstream it's it's the illusion of the mainstream. Right? Like yeah. Cassavetes wasn't Cassavetes. You know, until somebody was like, holy fucking shit, look at what you're doing. You know, like something isn't like a a thing doesn't become a thing until it's received and recognized by somebody else. You know, and if I know for me and my experience when I've taken actions because I was so I, I had such a desire to be received, it became counterintuitive because that's yeah. when most people were like, no. <laughs> no. Um because what like my partner Heather always says, like what you fear what you fear most plagues you. You know, so <clears throat> when the when the demand is no longer there and it's it's out, it's no longer mine. Right. Like, people are either going to receive it or they're not. You know, and I've got to trust that just the same way that I was open enough to hearing the muses, the creative energies, entities, spirits of characters, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, that it's going to make its way some some way somehow. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. By following what you're passionate about first or instead of chasing a result. Is that? Yeah. It's, it, it's, it, it, it's, ch- and also like, but what is the result? Is it coming from like an ego based fear of if this happens and this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. Um, and really putting all of your eggs in one proverbial basket versus this could be a really beautiful thing and this could not work at all. Right. You know, but I'm going to trust in my process. I'm going to trust in my intuition and people are either going to understand it or they're not. Mm -hmm. And that's not my job. Right. Yeah. um, My friend now Bustamante, he's an amazing performance artist, um, has this T-shirt. Uh, quote that she she has on a shirt from she did a reality show the work of art that okay. like lasted one season and she kind of did it I think as an experiment you know she's sort of fascinated with pop culture yeah. but one of the lines from the show was I'm not responsible for your experience of my work you know that in a way we can only do the thing that we connect to the most and that's our job is to connect <laughs> to what we put out in the world um first and foremost which yes. is not an easy task but um but then th- how it's received is out of our control absolutely yeah 
Um, and with that too, I think where it's <sighs> if I give your opinion so much weight right. that it makes and, and again, like it's it, it's so fucking gray, you know, like nothing is ever black and white in the sense of there, you know, who I was as a creator and a storyteller when I was 20 is not the same creator storyteller that I am at 35, right. you know, um, because I'm always desiring to learn and I'm always desiring to grow and evolve personally, spiritually in every single way, shape and form, you right. know, so getting to receive constructive feedback, you know, where it's, this felt like a false moment. That felt like a false moment. Like what is the truth? Right. You know, yeah. because that to me is really at the end of the day what storytelling is. Yeah. It's really just getting to share the truth, not necessarily about a quote unquote experience, but the thing that we identify with all as human beings are the feelings behind the experience. Right. You know, so I always use this example because it's the simplest, like, I've never been a boy of color fighting aliens on a foreign planet. You know, like, I have no identification with that whatsoever. However, I do identify with the feeling of fear. I identify with the feeling of loneliness. I identify with the feeling of rage. I identify with the feeling of longing. You know, those are all things that I understand. Um that all of us really truly understand and that at best a filmmaker and a storyteller if they do their jobs well they're able to produce that magical alchemy that reaches out into an audience whether it's in Thailand or China or fucking Chicago, Illinois mm-hmm. If an audience is moved, they're moved. Right. Yeah. I mean, no two ways about it. Yeah. 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 And I'm and I think that what seems to be opening up is this understanding that people with lived experiences have that anecdotal experience that connects more universal as opposed to somebody fictionalizing that. And so bringing those voices in the room those writers in the room, those people on the crew that have all of those, they're just in our DNA, so that's going to, you know, hopefully reach that more core truth, you know, yeah. through uh, through that specificity. And it seems like that's starting to break through. Um, for, for I'm watching friends of mine that were, you know, poets, musicians that are now creating stories in, in television and able to bring their voice and their experience into it, and it really seems to be landing for... And even when Harry and I did our first film by Hooker by Crook, we yeah. we were like... I mean, it's a, we had no experience, and we wanted to take risks and do weird stuff because we were like, well, if we're going to fail, it better to fail by our own yes. standards than yes. by pandering to something yes. that we don't understand because yes. yes. we'll be lost at sea. Yes. And um, and we were just like, oh, my God, people are going to hate this. Like, who, like, we're not doing good PR, gay PR, you know. We're, we're looking at 
mental health we're looking at. We like class and this, you know, and just weirdness. We were just, you know, and, and friendship. We really just wanted this story about a friendship. Yeah. And um, it was such a lovely surprise to have people that didn't, you know, look like us or come from the same experience connect to it um, was such a big um, epiphany. It was such a great gift of that. Because it was honest and authentic. Yeah. I mean, that's... You can you can have Meryl Streep in a role, and if the story isn't fucking authentic and isn't fucking honest, you know, if the storyline has plot holes as big as Swiss cheese, right. you know, um, and Meryl does incredible work and I don't even know why I'm using her as an example I think <laughs> just because she's a staple um, but if you don't if if you don't have um, something that an actor is going to be able to connect with most certainly the audience is not going to connect with it right? you know um, and also I feel like movies meet people where they are yeah just like People meet people where they are, you know, um, and really getting, I really do believe that life imitates art, not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we, we do get to be the actual creators of change in that way, you know, um, Like what was what was the movie for you that changed you? Like what was the movie for you that you were like, yes, this is my path. There were a lot, actually. Yeah. There were a lot. I mean, some were. <clears throat> I mean, all through ages. I mean, I think when I was younger, I had like teenage parents, and you know, I remember my mom taking me to the movies because I mostly grew up with my dad and. Yeah. You know, she was awesome, but she didn't always know what was appropriate for kids. So we went to see One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest when yeah. I was really young. Yeah. And at one point, she turned to look at me, I think, when the the character who was the stutterer, like, ends up ODing. And she was like, I think maybe you're too young for this. But it was, like, too late. Like, <laughs> I was already in this crazy movie world. And and this, you know, I'm totally blown away by, by what that movie was. Um and then, uh, you know, I grew up in Vermont, working class, whatever, but I worked at, like, an art house theater for a while, so I got to watch all these films. Yeah. Um, and then um, moving to San Francisco, I got to see, like, Barbara Hammer's experimental work and yeah. Born in Flames and and then later, you know, films, like, set it off where I was like, oh, you know, here is this incredible, you know, uh, yeah. Queen Latifah playing this queer character and... So there were these little markers of 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 films along the way that were, you know, showing that there were other other kinds of stories that would slip through the cracks. Yeah, it's a very conservative uh, world film, you know, the financing and all of that. So I felt really grateful that I also feel like a storyteller first and foremost. Whether it's like I'm going to read a story, I'm going to tell a story, I'm going to be in a band. Um, and even with film, it's like I did my feature and then I went to UCLA so I could learn the craft. And yeah. because I didn't come from money, it was a way to like buy time yeah. and um, build a community because I think a film is, for me, it's a community-based act. And yes. I really 
like that part I love about it and that even and then when the economy crashed and I was like not connecting to anything in LA I went to New York and sort of reconnected with my friends who were more cabaret performers and you know doing solo shows and made shorter works and had you know I might have an interview with a mentor of mine who died and then I'm like I need to use this and it's you know it's crappily made we're laughing it's not like properly done but it's just a story it's like a captured moment yeah um so I felt really grateful to be able to just work with whatever I had rather than wait for the proper financing and the proper you know I didn't go in a direct line by any means yeah yeah so which I'm glad because I would have been disengaged from the process and I would have lost like I have to make stuff yeah so whether it's with money and in a big structure I'm so grateful for that with the the shows that I've been lucky enough to be um you know affiliated with or work on but also I'm I love just making something for very little resources with my team and we do that for each other and we yeah. kind of green light each other and I'm just so my my big passion because I taught for a while is just like supporting and being around new new filmmakers new storytellers because yeah. I just learned so much yeah in that process absolutely yeah so that never goes away like I I would even even when I did transparent season two I went and did a peaches video we had very, very little money and a million people and we're running around like crazy. Or I did another smaller project about Bambi Lake, who's this um, performer who's in her late 60s and for, again, no money, but just like, just, you know, also trying to archive and, and uh, you know, gather stories from the world around me that I was worried they were not going to get captured. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that uh, you had... Um the story about um man who's married three adopted sons oh billy tipton yes yeah billy tipton. oh my god i still want to make that yeah if there's anybody out there with a lot of money around but yeah billy tipton so yeah he was a jazz musician and it was after he died in 89 that it was discovered you know that he had been born female and um i went and met one of his sons and uh i had that project at hbo with with effie brown who's my producer oh wow and we were in development for a few years and they were this was like over 10 years ago they were going to let me cast a gender non-conforming yeah. person and yeah. um we got pretty far and uh, we went and met his last wife yeah. and i ended up writing this solo show about it because when we took the project back i just i'm a recycler i was just like i need to do something with this and um but it was amazing to meet Kitty. That was his last wife. And she was a Vegas showgirl. And um, I met her up in Spokane, Washington. And it was like this, Effie and I drove up. And I'm, I hadn't transitioned. So I'm this butch, you know. And, you know, Effie's a black woman. And we're in this, like, very white town, small yeah. town. Yeah. And we pull up to Kitty's house. And it's like all these manicured lawns, except for hers. is like mini gray gardens where there's all these, like, <laughs> weird little sculptures in the yard. And these big posters that are, like kittens hanging from a tree like hang in there till friday and we walk in and it's this frail kind of woman you know but uh and behind her is this velvet painting and we walk in and she immediately points to it and it's a painting of a a woman naked laying with her hand in a pond of water with a volcano behind it (gasps) and she goes that's me wow and she was like the artist was in love with me and then then she goes and that volcano that's me too (gasps) And I was like, boom. Yeah, she was amazing. We sat for hours and talked to her. And she told all these stories, you know, and we watched 
videotapes and but the whole world descended on them. I mean, yeah. I think it was really hard for the family because it was then like this whole like barrage of reporters and people that that descended on the family. But um, I really love that story. I still want to make that story because it's also just about, you know, his first girlfriend was a dance marathon celebrity who divorced her husband Earl and named herself non-Earl and took all the suits she bought him and those were the suits she dressed Billy in and his music partner was, you know, there's just like a lot of characters within that setting that are amazing and yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, we took we ended up not making it at HBO for yeah. a number of reasons. Yeah. And, but we were able to take it back, and we almost made it through this other company. They were a little crazy and ended up folding. And so, um, but it's but it's um, yeah, it's still on my to do list. And is there a script that's written? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's really really good to know. Yeah. Yeah, there are so many, and that's that. that <sighs> there is something to be said. Um, about people that, for lack of a better term, live out loud in the sense of um, they're willing to show people who they are mm-hmm. in one way or another. I mean, we all do that to yeah. varying degrees, yeah. you know, but... um. I, my mind just went to like four different places because I was thinking, A, if I see another cis white male story about whatever the fuck, <laughs> the inventor of paper, <laughs> you know, like it's, it, 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 there are so, there are so many more stories and I'm so grateful to know that there are individuals that we are the historians, yeah, in in one way or another, yeah, you know, and getting to um, give those individuals like the respect that they deserve, yeah, yeah, you know, um, and it also goes to show you that like no movie gets made overnight. No, <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. And that's, I think, a big misconception in this industry is yeah. that, like, everything happens right away and happens fast and blah, right. blah, blah. Yeah. You know, but, like, you can do be, be developing something for, like, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and it also makes me feel like I'm very excited for you because if you're in the company of Ryan Murphy and Jill Soloway... You know, in regards to getting to have access, you know, to those that, you know, I'm going to, no, Heather, backtrack, 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 <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Because <laughs> um, this is something else that, like, I've been thinking about a lot. And I was just about to say something that isn't true. I'm, I'm coming to see right in a second. <clears throat> we know that there was like a lot of talk about like those in power, positions mm-hmm. of power, blah, 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 and all that shit. And I know for me, for a really long time, 
and I use this example, like this is like, it's an example I use like because it's something that happened pretty recently within the last year, but it also like really woke me up. I had been invited to Chelsea Handler's house Mm. and she was doing um, an event for Randy Bryce, the Iron Stash, um, who hopefully will be taking Paul Ryan's seat Mm. in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember I went there and I felt good and I felt great and blah, blah, blah. (coughs) And as the evening was starting to wind down, I saw that Chelsea was sitting with, like, somebody I'd worked with, a friend of mine, and my partner, Heather. And I remember having this feeling of being so terrified to go over there Mm -hmm. and to sit with them, even though I'm in love with one of them. (laughs) (laughs) I worked with another one of them, and another one I've known since I was 14 years old. And yet... Something within me was saying, you're not worthy mm. of getting to be in that company, mm-hmm. right? And that idea of getting to be in a room that's filled with so much power, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I woke up the next day after having had that experience and like I did eventually like go and say hi and then like left like shortly after um but recognizing that oh this can be looked at in another way in the sense of it's not that I have less power and they have more right because that's not true it's literally just getting to get comfortable with the new expansiveness of oh And this sounds so fucking L.A. and I like want to gag myself with a spoon. But it's true. Like scientifically, it's like you're vibrating at the same frequency or you're not. Right. Right. right, right. Um, And for those that are considered on the fringes and like as quote unquote mainstream as I've been like with like Princess Diaries Mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck. I've also been very much on the fringes, Mm -hmm. you know, um, which is like a great thing and and a thing that can suck because it's like, yeah, we love you and like who you are and like whatever and all this shit. But yeah. it's also like. Uh, yeah, it can be very. Isolating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but like the point of that story was like just thinking. You have as much power as Joe Soloway and you have as much power as Ryan Murphy. Because you are in the company of those people, that you are, you're getting to work with them, and they're breaking, they're they're breaking, um, they're intentionally queerifying the power structure by curating a room where there's agency of all the you know the writers, Ali Liebegott and Transparent, and yeah. Jay and all the all the all the talent. All, Trace Lissette, Alexander Billings, like all of the, the the voices that are brought in and and sort of, and then with with Ryan Murphy, Janet Mock, and Stephen Canals, and then the the cast, you know, India, Dominique, there's Alexander Rock, there's just like amazing. Yeah. So to to see people actually extend out 
who have been part of a power structure and have seen how fucked up it is. Yeah. And I think both of those really powerful showrunners yeah. have seen that yeah. and now are like, I want to change this. Yes. And so then they're bringing in, you know, curating this these these rooms yeah. and these casts that are creating something new. Yes. And so it is, you know, for me, I'm so, I am grateful of that change because I've been a nonconformist for a long time and I am still always in my heart you yeah. know, be that. Yeah. And, um, and made friends with that. Like even at my most broke when the economy crashed and everything went away and I was just like painting office buildings, teaching, doing whatever, making whatever I could. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, still yeah. like, I decided to do this. I would choose this over and over again. Yeah. I'm, I'm still making things I care about. I'm yeah. able to, you yeah. know, I'm still inspired, but it was, it's hard. I mean, Fuck yes. poverty is, is, is grinding and, 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 and it's like, you know, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a real thing and feeling, you know, and, the, and power is a real thing too. And so yeah. like, but seeing, People disrupt the sort of status quo of that structure in those rooms. It ripples out, you know. It extends opportunities to many of us. Then we can continue to extend that out. And so, you know, and the, there is this this value. It's like, oh, your 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 life experience has value in this place, you know, that it didn't before, you know. And, but here's the thing, and that's where I'm going to disagree with you. Okay, go for it. I love a disagreement because, of course, it had value. It always had value. No, that is true. I mean, in it, those it, structure, but, sort of. But again, right? It's the, um, and and that I th- think is more that, uh, more to what I'm trying to say, right? Mm-hmm. Where, yes, on one hand, it's individuals like Jill Soloway and Ryan Murphy um, and Ava DuVernay mm-hmm. are providing opportunities. Yeah. And I feel as though, on the flip side of that, what it really is, or at least another way to reframe, is when you yourself have had the experience of not being seen Mm -hmm. and not being received, Mm -hmm. um, and... That one person sees you and receives you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yes. And then all of a sudden, you're in a more expansive room. Mm-hmm. And more opportunities are afforded. That that either does one or two things. You know, it either you're so afraid and terrified of losing that, that you shut down, as it were, and you mm-hmm. close that door, which I've seen again and again and mm-hmm. again. Or you get to have that moment of, wow, yeah, yes, yes, I am received, I I am worthy, this is confirming every single thing I knew about myself, Mm -hmm. everything I knew, Um, and getting to see that then in others, and then getting to say, hey, I see you, because I see self in you. Because I it, and it, I feel like that it, it that's also gotten bastardized or at least mm-hmm. taken hostage in the sense of older white men like Mister mm-hmm. Spielberg. Mm-hmm. That's like I see myself in this Colin Trevor, what the fucking whatever. Right, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, let me give him a shot. Yeah. 
And on the other side, it's like everybody, and that's the thing, it's, um, you don't give up because you have no choice. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I'm not going to become a bank accountant. You know, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I have no choice but to create. I have no choice but to do this. And, um, so yeah, like it's, it's not a hierarchy in that way. No, it is an exchange. I think it is. And, you know, and we're looking for equity, right? Not, not equality because if everyone gets the same Apple boxes stand in and all the people that had more power just have a Mm -hmm. taller, you know, Mm -hmm. it's more about, Mm -hmm. but there is this, um, I think, well, for one, being seen is is something that is so key, and I know that for me, it's what drove me to make work was just to reflect back. Yes, and and in San Francisco, you know, we all took turns being the important person in the room. We like we we found a little place, made it our stage, and just took turns. Okay, you're you're performing, and, and I'm the audience, and yes. we sort of built our own expression in yes. that in that um, in that world, and. And what I see now with people that ha- that you know have access to make some change is they're bringing that into the world, and the world is responding. The audience is responding, and I do feel like young younger generations they want to see stories different. They want they want authentic expression. They want yes. you know, and so that thing has sort of broken open where it's like you know, TV is busting into us yes. <laughs> rather than we're busting into TV. Like yeah. they're understanding the value of all of these rich details of stories and that yes. when, when you actually have someone from the world, they can go to humor in dark places that's really real. They can be irreverent in ways that's totally right. Yes. Um, as opposed to fictionalized, you can't. You yeah. can't really do that if you don't know that world. It's going to feel a little stilted. Yeah. And so I think that richness is the is the, is that you know exchange. It is a, an exchange. It's not just a one way. I'm I'm pulling you this way. Yeah, it's like yeah, we're yeah. Pulling each other exactly. Um, a, you know, into this new new um, uh, era of of expression, and hopefully pushing more places for people to connect to people outside themselves, but actually feel connected, and and hopefully that will really shift. These, this polarizing sort of us and them. I feel like the whole time I've grown up, I've been told people over there hate you. People, yes. I don't know who those people are over exactly. there. Sometimes when I go over there, they're not hating me. They think they think I hate them, and like I'm being very reductive. But yes. it's like this whole thing about like those over there hate you. That's the story we've been told. Yes, those people over there, whoever they are yes. in this this state or this place or yes. this, you know, and that. Um, you know, that doesn't seem to get us anywhere to focus on that. Yeah, and, and the same goes for story, right? Where it's, there's not an audience for this. Right. Who's your audience? Who's your audience? Who's your audience? <laughs> Who's your audience? And it's human beings. Yeah. Why don't we start there? Yeah. And maybe a rabbit <laughs> for Please. good measure. Please. You know. Rabbit. Yes. Um, is that, the, there's always going to be an audience, and who, People that people that desire to be changed yeah. after two hours—that's the audience. Yeah, yeah, and especially if we're allowed to have fully rendered characters that are centered, then we're not doing this sort of explaining problem that I've always sort of pushed against. Which is like, if I'm explaining myself, you're not going to connect because that's a power dynamic right there. Like here I am, this other, and I'm just going to be about my otherness. But if I don't do that, whoever 
eye is in that storytelling, then there's some, it might be more work on the front end, but then there's actually this chance of real connection because it's not this divide of like, I'm other than you. I'm going to explain myself. I'm going to live only in that that otherness in and relationship to a some center character. And can you be more specific by what you mean in regards to explaining yourself? Yeah, it's um, I felt like when. I think even with the first movie, it was like we didn't want to explain gender and we didn't want to explain even the mental health of Mm -hmm. the one character. And they went by he and she. They went by he between each other Mm -hmm. and she in the power dynamic world. And they were, you know, and um, but to not explain that took a lot of thought, you know, a lot of intention. Yes. And but I felt like and I sat in because it's taught at queer classes. And so I sat in on some classes and I remembered one queer cinema class. Um, that I sat in on or I was visiting, you know, and a lot of straight students were in it. And, um, you know, one of them was one of the young men in the class was saying, at first it was so confusing because they didn't talk about being queer or gay or they weren't doing the things that, like, yes. I knew to be part of, like, a queer yes. gay story. Yes. And at yes. first that frustrated me. And yes. then I, st- I started to let it go and I started to think about who in my life these characters reminded me of, people in my family, friends of mine, somebody who was just a little too much or something. Yes. That, and so it, like, it kind of pushed past that, whereas the explaining thing always kept this voyeuristic yeah. dynamic. I guess that's what I mean. And that this idea of explaining yourself is something that adults will say to kids, like explain yourself. You know, What did you do? What did you yes. do? So I think that when you center stories and there's less explaining, that you know people, especially now, are able to make those connections and and do the math without having to be told well this is why and this is how these people have relationships or this is what they do you know less of that and more of of um messy messy human connection well it's just beingness yeah like that's what it is and being flawed too like fucked up characters you know it's a snapshot into beingness that's because we don't sit around explaining who we are (laughs) pardon me, like, to each other. Right. You know, um, not on a continual job interview. Right. In that way. And on top of that, that hit something within me. And, like, my first instinct was to be incredibly judgmental and cunty. And I'm taking a step back. (laughs) I've been really working on, on not being so judgmental and critical. Um... Because I, I, you know, it's I'm I'm so critical of self, right? Um, and and really getting to practice like love and compassion and forgiveness. Um, but I I know I definitely went through a time where there were things I did not know, mm-hmm. whether it was about a woman of color's experience, mm-hmm. you know, or <clears throat> a Palestinian person's experience. Mm-hmm. Israeli person's experience, you know, um, Muslims person's experience. A like when queer first started coming into more and mo- more focus, and non-gender binary, mm-hmm. which definitely took some getting used to, mm-hmm. because I'm like, I just got finished fully. Remembering LGBTQ. Right. And now there's more letters. Right. Um, And also like that idea of, well, what is it to be a woman? What is it to be a man? What is it to 
have a gender, what like, and it does take a lot of fucking work. Yeah. And it's very easy, I feel, sometimes to be lazy and to expect somebody else to do all the heavy lifting for you. Right. And so to that point, I definitely went through the the experience where I would ask other people questions Mm -hmm. and then realized, Heather, if you really actually want to know the answer to these things, like do some research on your own. Like, do that. And that's listening to you. That's that's what it's making me think of in terms of not needing to explain. Where it's, if you're able to show the humanness. Right. And just two individuals being. Yeah. And their lives. If people are still curious later. Right. And they desire to learn more and know more. They can do that on their own. Right. But it's not your job as a filmmaker to do a paint by numbers right and i don't think that it actually edu- d- likes i don't because there're two different things right like one is is sort of learning about other things outside of our world but when i'm talking about this explain yourself is specifically in storytelling and i think we yeah. do end up learning if we're l- looking at authentic storytelling yeah. that's just with its own integrity yeah we're going to feel the humanness and learn about another world yes without it being doled out in a way that feels artificial to the to the author of the story. So I think you still get this sort of knowledge of something outside of yourself, but but then this human, you know, um, more more human truth, right? Yeah. And I guess I just have felt for a long time with with narrative yeah. film. Yeah. That there's a lot of these unwritten rules of like who's allowed to occupy that screen. Mm. And and who's allowed to just be a person mm. with hopes and dreams, and who has to earn their spot? Yeah, well, the straight white man. Yeah, and so everyone else needs to earn their spot by being, yeah. you know, I, it, it, sort of otherness, or it has to be very trauma narrative, or it has to be. Well, very there's it's the tokenism. Yeah, it's it's yes, like the, the LGBTQ plus gets murdered. Right. Exactly. Or they're non-sexual. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And they, you know, are a caricature. Yeah. No, and I remembered even with By Hook or By Crook when, because Boys Don't Cry had happened. Yeah. We were so entirely different. I mean, we're, we're barely narrative. I mean, for us it felt very narrative, yeah. but it was really very not so narrative and yeah. not very straightforward. But, um, but at one point we were out of money and we didn't know how to edit yet. We learned on the movie because we ran out of money and we ran out of editors. But there was one editor who was like, gay and he seemed awesome he was really sweet and but he really wanted to kill valentine have valentine die and he knew midnight cowboy was a big you know influence you know in terms of we just wanted this movie about a transformative friendship you know and this sort of transformative power of loss is like another obsession Um, and uh we were like no this is where the little weirdo doesn't die like we really we really don't want and he had like so we took the movie back but he had actually cut a version where he made it so that valentine died and he's like this this will allow this will this cathar-, you know and it was just like a real yeah we weren't having it but no but because yeah. also there's something to be said about don't don't be emotionally manipulative right um and don't be cheap right you know and don't use 
nothing gets me fucking riled up more than a fucking cheap plot point. Right. Yeah. Like when you throw a rape. Oh, yeah. Or murder. Or like the sassy black friend, you know, or the like butch lesbian police officer or whatever the fuck it is. Um, can like go on and on and on and on and on. Um, just, yeah, just. And I can also understand, and this is where I feel that the, the, the beautiful thing is, is that most of the films that are out there now are directed by straight white men. Mm-hmm. And their biggest problem in life may have been not getting a Mercedes when they turned 16. And maybe losing their parents. But they're in their 60s now. You know, they've never actually experienced um, what would be deemed by somebody else to be a real hardship, right? But to them, those things were very, very hard. And being forced to recognize, oh, shit, I actually... I'm incredibly fucking privileged, you know, and that's why I feel like in regards to storytellers and in regards to films and financing versus not getting financed, it's holding up a mirror to those that have an incredible amount of privilege Mm -hmm. and they're then being forced to contend with, I can't identify with this. Because if I, if I allow myself to get taken on this journey, that means then that I need to look at the incredible amount of quote-unquote power I've been given. Mm-hmm. And um, I really then need to change my narrative, and I really don't feel like doing that. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like where it's... My life's hard. My life is really, really hard. Right. You know, right. um, and that's not to minimize anybody's pain, but again, it's it's that again, like it it it, it goes back to like every single thing that you and I have been talking about this evening, just in regards to identifying with feeling. Yeah, yeah. Getting it on like a gut fucking level where it's like fuck. Right. Yes, I felt that. I felt that loss. I felt that pain. I felt that like, oh, my heart is being ripped out of my fucking chest and I want to fucking kill myself. Like, ooh, I identify with that. Right. And. And even recognizing like the circumstantial privilege, the the privilege that I've had. Yeah. And the circumstantial luck that I've had. I think I, I did this doc series with seven people from the community it was part of this um mac aids foundation um fundraiser and and then uh it got picked up by showtime and it's this amazing group of of activists and artists yeah and um all from really incredibly challenging backgrounds and all are like 
activists and service. And, yeah. and, and I was like, what is it, you know, that has allowed, you know, each person to continue, not only continue, but reach out beyond yes. themselves. And it was this recognition, recognition of privilege, any amount of gratitude or whatever it is, is some sort of power that they had to recognize that even if by standards to most people, they were up against so many obstacles. Yeah. There's something to that. It's different than what you're saying, but it's, it's akin to that, which is to realize like that it's an honor to tell stories. It's an honor to have any platform to tell it. Yes. It's a privilege. Yes. And and then to to, you know, yeah, to try to then be as as truthful as you can within that is And then with that too, that you are worthy of getting to tell those stories and that you are worthy of that platform. Yeah. You know, I think that when you get to recognize the privilege, you also get to recognize the worth. You know, where it's, um, yeah, it's a fucking huge, incredible fucking privilege to be able to tell stories. It is. The it's an honor and a privilege. biggest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me yeah. that we get the gift of getting to do this? Yeah. Um, and those are the people that I desire to work with, the people yeah. that get it in that way, yeah. you know, and are able to re- receive the opportunity as it is, in the sense of um, I'm going to utilize this in every single way that I can because I know how long I've waited for it and I don't take it for granted. And and that, I think, is like the really huge thing. But also not feeling like... Oh my god! <laughs> what do you mean? Oh my god! I can't believe it! I'm here and I'm, I'm directing a movie and oh my! I no! Oh my god! Really? Oh my god! Really? I don't know. Right. Like as opposed to yeah. I've I, I am worthy of this because I know, I know what I've done. Like I I know my worth and I know how hard, I've worked to get here. Um. And bless you, Tagalong. Um, Bless you. Bless you. Because I feel like when you really truly know your worth in that way, um, you then aren't going to be an egotistical asshat. Yeah. I mean, I think when you realize privilege, when you don't come from a lot of privilege, you want to extend that out. I mean, with people that I've worked with who have so little, but they're immediately building a world. Like they got saved by policy and health places and they became policy analysts or they were, um, one of the women in this doc, you know, was born in an internment camp and then became a criminal defense attorney and was like working, you know, and, um, my friend Lewis, who's a minister, um, as a black trans man. And it's just like, he was like, I had no idea. He's like, I became a man. My friends were like, yeah, no big deal. But a minister? What the fuck? Like he's, yeah. And he's like chain-smoking, cussing. Yeah. Really just spiritually amazing, powerful. And it's all about this sort of connecting. Um, as soon as you get somewhere, you want to foster that in others because you need it. It's not even just – I mean service is, is selfish. <laughs> it, it, it's a self-esteemable act where you get so much from – somebody sharing their story with you it's such a it's a privilege also to have somebody you know share their work and to have new new stories i mean i just think that it's especially right now with everything all the narratives that are going on and all the 
the polarizing and the hatred and the pointing to these others everywhere um, to actually just be telling, you know, reaching out and supporting all the communities under attack and sort of getting our stories out and getting other people's stories out is, is it's, it's not just, I mean, it's crucial for our survival insanity. And there's a lot more of us. I mean, that's the, like, that's the thing because yeah. it's, we're not dead yet. That we're still here. We are. You know, and, and we're still telling stories despite, you know, um, laws, despite discrimination, despite brutality, despite all of the things, you know, the, the fact that I think of um, Cheryl Dunn's Watermelon Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, from like 95. Yeah. You know, um, that was a, a seminal piece of work yeah. that, you know, not only dealt with the queer women, but also an interracial relationship. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Are and you and used f- this format, you know, innovative with format in terms of the direct, you know, the, the documentary within the narrative um, structure of it, too. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's it, The only rule is that there are no rules, yeah. you know, um, except to really... I remember I was doing a I was doing a movie back in 2010, and it was like the first film that I had produced. I'd said to the whole entire crew on the first day, I was like, "Listen, like we have one primary purpose here, and that's to make the best movie possible. Like that's it. Like we're all here for the same fucking reason." And one night there was a freak snowstorm we were filming in like Bumblefuck, Texas. And we had like crew that were 19 years old that had holes in their shoes. They're working in like a foot of snow. One of executive producers. One of the actors that we had on set, she wanted to get them a bottle of wine and wanted to get them chocolate. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but um, I just need $150 so I can have somebody go to Walmart to get hand warmers and feet warmers and dry socks for this crew that are working 18 hours a day <laughs> to help make a movie that you're producing. They wouldn't do it. They, they, they wouldn't fucking do it. They have, like, millions of dollars, you know, and it's... um. And the <sighs> I feel like the old ways of producing are dying out fully, completely. And it really struck me when you talked about the, the conservative nature of the film industry when it comes to people like with stupid money, like real, real, real stupid money. Mm-hmm. And I also feel, though, um, that's getting to change as well. Yeah. You know, because permission isn't being asked anymore. I don't know if it really ever has been. Right. In the sense of, you know, when you were doing By Hook or By Crook, and that was like, what, 2002? Yeah. Right? Um, 
you weren't getting financed by big, huge people no, at all. No, not at all. You know? No, it was our community. And then I did another micro-budget feature um, with my friend Ernesto Ferranda, um, co-written by my friend Valerie Shore. And uh, it was because we were at studios trying to get things made, and we both... We'd both, we had met at um, Sundance when I was there with By Hooker, By Crook, and yeah. he was there with Better Luck Tomorrow, which he had co-written, which was Justin Lin's first film. And But he was a queer punk who had a label, and he loved my band. You know, he, he knew Tribe A, and so we met there. And then, you know, we were back in L.A. making, you know, struggling through these studio systems, and and then we were just, like, having dinner with a bunch of friends one night, and we were, like, looking through a, there's, like, a queer... Encyclo- like a punk encyclopedia yeah and and uh Ernesto's like was just we don't wait like when did we become these people that wait for permission from exactly. power people like exactly. that's I mean you know f- it, look if that works for people great but it's nothing I it wasn't a practice I came from yeah and I was sort of fell into it and uh and um and so we just we we're like let's just do this um feature where it was like a very diverse cast and that wasn't the point of it yeah and we took a whimsical tale and we made it in 15 days plus some extended pickup shots but yeah. with all of our people um and everyone just came in like pitched in and a ton of people gave time you know and yeah. energy um but it was again one of those where we were like we don't really yeah we yeah we we have to figure out a way to do that it's on us to figure I, that's sort of i think i'm grateful that i came from an era where i didn't see any representation of myself so i didn't expect anything even close so i wasn't expecting other people to do it so it was always like well you got to do it if you want it to happen you have to find a way you find the people yes that that can help you make it happen yes and and do that because um because i think that it is still an industry and capitalism is so fucking evil and it just pits all this competition in these mess and narrative is dangerous it can look so one way but then it can flip back and sort of you know it's just it's it's i think it's tricky to navigate and and i think it's like when it when you can work in a platform that's larger and and you get to tell amazing stories that's a gift a gift but i'm grateful to also be able to have access to doing it on a grassroots level with a community of people and like play and and fail and fuck up and try some new shit and and just get some different different ideas out yeah um, out of my body if nothing else <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. like absolutely and it's it's um <clears throat> you don't have to quote unquote play the game and it, it it's a testament like you're you're a testament to um it, getting to show others in regards to you didn't play the game i didn't know really how to play the game exactly but yeah so to my betterment i think well yeah well for, for my storytelling cuz i'm not a mainstream storyteller I, it's not that i can't do it it's just not my it's not my go to um, but again, right? It's like what is that definition of mainstream, right? right? That idea of yes, telling like cisgendered white male stories, like mainstream, you know, where it's all tied up in a bow and ba 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 and mass appeal and da 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 da. But I feel that we're kind of at the tail end of that in the mm-hmm. sense of. Um, The commercialization of the white male narrative is going by the wayside. 
which I'm so grateful for. Yes. And before everybody starts adding me on Twitter or the select few, you know, it, it's um, when you've had one very, very, very narrow um, channel of stories that are yeah. recycled again and again and again mm-hmm. and again and again and again and again. Um, the idea that there could be anything else right. all of a sudden becomes, or the possibility that, oh no, women of color are getting to tell their stories. Yeah. Queer people are getting to tell their stories. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, when is it going to end? We're going to be erased completely. Right. You know, where it's, no, you just get to recognize that you're not the end-all, be-all. Yeah. That you're a part of a larger whole. Right. And that the room is just getting bigger. Yeah, yeah. To include more individuals, and Mm -hmm. that's fine. Yeah. Like, that's okay. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I, I might be the minority within the minority on this one. You know, but I really do feel, I know that art, commerce, blah, 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 like, um, like, listen, I'm all about making money as well. Like, all about fucking making money. Yeah. You know, and I don't think there's anything fucking wrong with that. I don't think that you are either an artist or you're, you know. No, I grew up very working class and my dad was always trying to start these businesses and just like, but I remembered he... You know, I, I, I was like, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be, and he was like, just get that money, get the fuck you money first, you know, because he just didn't want me to be held down. And, you know, it's a very, there's nothing, um, especially in this country, you know, the, the narrative in this country is if you don't have money, it's because you're not worthy. It's like the, what the number we do on class, race and class, this country still can't talk about race and class oh, yeah, and gender because yeah. the whole manifest destiny bullshit white power it just is like continues to just say you know you have this liver's chance of of being rich and famous as long as you agree to blame yourself if it doesn't happen that's like what capitalism tells us you know so you don't look at systems you don't you know and it's like this crazy because these systems are really here and <laughs> they're very active and even with this change they're so active and i work with youth and i i just see them be like you know, kicked out of their homes for for being LGBTQ, yep. and 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 still, and they're and they're hardworking, and they're like more together than I was, and 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 I didn't have much, but they're like really just struggling, and so it's just it's um yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but no, it's just, but that but that yeah. goes to the point of then like what what is the point of having a story if you're going to keep it to yourself, right? You know, like what's the point of having a life? Um, if you're not going to share set experiences of your life with others in in w- whether it's in film, whether it's in television, whether it's one on one, whether it, it doesn't poetry, it doesn't really fucking matter, right. you know. Um, when I think of like the Me Too movement, you know it. it which, like, yes, goes to women saying, like, me too, that um, it's so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. And then I take it one step further where that feeling of identification where somebody is able to hear somebody else's story and say, 
I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Like, me too. This is where I was. This is my experience. This is what happened, and this is where I am now. So you get to know that you're not alone. You get to know that I don't know what your path is going to look like, and I don't know what it's going to be, and all I can share with you is what my journey was. And I was so grateful for those that came before me Mm -hmm. and in those moments of struggle. Because I'll tell you what, summer of 2014, no, sorry, summer of 2016, I remember I had $54 left in my bank account. $54 left. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, fuck me. Like, I don't buy desire handbags. I, like, don't, like, just, like, what the fuck? Like, holy fuck. And I, I didn't know who to talk to about something like that. I didn't know where to find solace, you know? And so I had to go to my books. I had to go to people that I admired. And I, I, I got to read stories. And I got to be inspired by yeah. others who had that same moment as me yeah. in varying ways, whether it was my Angelou, you know, Oprah, Oprah, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey, you know, um, I'm trying to think of like, those are the two women that really come to mind. Um, I mean, Madonna even, but that's also in a very different way. Um, because she rose like mm-hmm. a shot very, very, very early. Um, but just getting to find those stories that I could hang on to like that the vulnerability the power of that shared vulnerability yes and breaking the isolation yes and breaking the shame and that i can get through to the other side that was it i just didn't know i didn't know if i was gonna make it i didn't know how i was gonna make it i didn't know how i was gonna get to the other side like, and I did whatever I had to do, you know, like I started teaching myself and mm-hmm. like I did what I had to do where it was like, nope, I have no ego right now. Like, I don't fucking give a shit because I need to fucking pay rent, mm-hmm. you know, and the shame that came with the what are other people going to think of me, blah, 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 all this shit like. um, And then just getting like, nope, actually, it doesn't matter because I like. Um, I don't owe an explanation to anybody because I know my story and I, I know my story and I know where I desire to go and I know where I will end up being. Um, and just getting to like, see those signposts like Oprah in particular for me. Um, like she knew she had a knowing she didn't know, but she had a knowing. You know, and um, if she hadn't shared her story, if she hadn't been vulnerable, if she hadn't been open with her struggles, where she had been, blah, 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 blah. That huge of a platform. Because a lot of my mentors have, they don't have a platform of that level, but they're maybe, you know, 
20, 30 years older than me. They're artists. They're working. Like in New York, it was really nice to all of a sudden be in a room where there are people 20 years younger than me, 20 years older than me, and going to, you know, and, and sharing a room kind of like I've done since the early 20s. Like that kind of saved my ass. You yes. know, I was like, oh, these brilliant, creative people, and they're making it work, and they're, they're artists, and their goal is to just find, continue to find their voice on into their 60s and you know just that kind of like it was um you know yeah it was really powerful to have that um idea of success there as well with like all of the you know challenges and and ways that you have to make it work because if you have decided you're gonna be creative in a certain way and you're not independently wealthy and you're up against you know pushback in a lot of ways you um you have to do a lot of spiritual quest in order to not lose your mind or feel like take it all in and just you know or or even fall under you know you have to get resourceful how do you how do you pay those bills how do you keep going yeah absolutely and with that too knowing that it's all going to be worth it yeah and it's really that it's getting to i really do believe like trust in one's knowing like the alchemist is one of my favorite books of all time um have you read it i have not um it's incredible I will gift you that book. Thank you. <laughs> um, and Paulo Coelho, he speaks about omens and following the omens and following the signs and all this stuff. And and he talks about when you're so close to getting what you want, that's when things become more difficult. Where it's it's and for me, I'd always thought maybe it's because I'm not worthy. Maybe it's because I'm not worthy. Maybe it's because I'm not worthy. And what I get to see now and what I get to recognize now is that the difficulty <clears throat> was really just like going to a, a creative spiritual gym, mm-hmm. as it were, in, in regards to I've come this far. I'm not turning around and going home. Yeah. Like, nothing is going to keep me from where it is that I know that I'm going. Right. You know, uh, but because at first, those obstacles seem so huge and they seem so scary. Right. And that they're impossible and make you feel powerless. Definitely made me feel powerless. Yeah. For a very, very fucking long time. Wow. And then I got to wake up and recognize, oh, wait. I've just as much, I I do have just as much power. And then within that, getting to know that um, I'm worthy of getting to be in my power. And that power is power. You know, like, I'm looking at that, what is it called? I don't even fucking know. I'm such a bad lesbian. <laughs> a power strip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a power strip. That is a power strip. <laughs> um, lesbian electronics <laughs> with Heather, <laughs> Tuesdays at 5. Um, <laughs> I was a dyke electrician at one point. Were you really? Just for a little while. That's... I'm like I guess I'm, I'm cred. I'm like that's that's some good cred. I'm good with plumbing. <laughs> I'm good with plumbing. That's good. That's and I know how to like 
make something like a dimmer switch. Oh, that's yeah. That's all yeah. you need. Yeah, that's I all just, you need. But like You're power safe. strip, I'm like, what's that thing? <laughs> you know. But looking at it, where I can stick my fingers in those sockets, yeah, and that electricity is going to kill me, yeah, or give me a bad shock, or it can power my projector. It, but the power hasn't changed, but how it's used, yeah. Right? No, it's very much. I mean, I think it, I keep circling back to this idea of like creating these rooms where we, you know, uh, take turns being the important person. I guess that's part of that power too. Is like knowing who, who you are, who you care, whose opinions you care about. Having those people that you find in that spiritual yes. quest while trying yes. to stay afloat as yes. a creative person because we're, you know, we're creative, so we're sensitive, and we're all these things, and it's we're not in a in a place that's easy to stay afloat you know um financially and and to keep your stories and to find your footing without compromising too much or 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 then you know just all of that i think it's just like that that recognizing like who who you care about whose opinion you care about what part of your you know what part of you 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 know it's it's that is a lot of power right there to not throw that away towards somebody that doesn't or or a system that isn't really designed to give us what we need. Yeah, exactly. That and that's, and yeah, and then like thus getting to create one's own system. Yeah. You know, like getting to cultivate, getting to cultivate the, the room, the industry that you, that will allow you to thrive. Yeah. As opposed to feeling as though there's only one industry and this is it. Right. And there's nothing else you can do about yeah. it. F that. Where it's, yeah, F that. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, absolutely fucking not, because yeah. who says? Yeah. Who yeah. says? Exactly. And I'm not going to, I'll listen to you if I'm in fear-based thinking. Yeah. You know, but when I'm in my power and I'm in my knowing, I get to recognize that this world is infinitely expansive, mm-hmm. you know, and that there are many industries within the industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like there are many universes within this universe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a continual multiverse. Yeah. Um, and before we go down that rabbit hole, <laughs> I'm going to... Multiverse. <laughs> multiverse. Multiverse. Yeah, come back, like, come back, and, and we will talk about the multiverse. Please. Um... String theory, multiverse, all of it. Dude, fucking love it. I'm, 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 I'm like looking at my yeah, like the field. Yeah, which was a, which is about quantum physics. Oh, yeah. Physics. Um, I'm I'm so grateful you came on. I'm really I was really looking forward to it when I saw the post. I was like, oh, I saw someone in yeah yeah. I'm really I'm I'm so excited to be here sitting talking with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, excited for more. Dude, I'm so fucking excited for more. I'm so excited for you going to Sundance. Thank you. Yes, I'm. I'm really fingers uh, crossed. Fingers crossed. Grand jury prize. <laughs> audience sell award. Speaking of capitalism, we'll sell that movie. Sell the movie. <laughs> I, I have. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm like Sony Picture Classics. Nice. That's there that, you go. Good. There you go. Okay, great. I see it. Okay. Great. Um. So just yeah. And everybody else, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. 
Um, and next week, I don't know who we're going to have next week. It's going to be a surprise, <laughs> as it always is. Um, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And see you next week. Bye.